The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the sponsor, Gross and Schuster. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It is the Pensacola Expert Panel pep talk right here. Uh, I am your host, Jake. Uh, it's Wednesday, uh, 10.30, so um, it's time for Tort Talk, uh, brought to you by Gross and Schuster, uh, and always our host, Terrence A. Gross. Thank you for being here this morning. How you doing? Uh, glad to be here. Most of you know I'm a personal injury lawyer. We do have five offices throughout the panhandle in uh, Pensacola, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, and Navarre. Uh, and as you know, in some of these shows, I do talk about the law. Uh, lately, I've been talking about Israel. I'm going to switch it up a little bit today. I think you'll see where I'm going. But I want to get into the uh, First Amendment. Uh, if you wish to call us uh, on any topic related to what I'm talking about today, whether it's the First Amendment or injury cases, uh, I believe the number is 850-437-1620, So, uh, you know, obviously throughout college and law school, I, I certainly studied the uh, First Amendment, and I have uh, stayed on top of it, you know, throughout my legal career 44 years. Um I think the first thing I'd like to bring out, it's kind of obvious. It's like, uh, it's like, duh, but think about this. Our founding fathers, whether it's James Madison or Thomas Jefferson, they chose the first amendment first, the right to free speech. So of all the things they could have stressed upon, it was that. And, and you wonder, Hmm, I wonder why. Well, think about this folks. This was the late 1700s. We had just won our freedom from England, and if you were in England and you said something bad about the king, you ended up in jail. So they wanted in America the right to free speech, that you could speak out even if you were talking about a subject that the vast majority of the citizens didn't like, you're allowed to do that, no matter how unpopular the topic may be, and, and it's one of the great privileges that we have in America, and you, as you go throughout the world uh, with many dictatorships, whether it's in the Middle East or wherever it may be, Asia, uh, you can end up in prison for making similar comments. So it, it's it's a great freedom to have, but like all freedoms, it's not unfettered, it's not unlimited, it's not unabridged or unregulated. Uh, I think every first-year law student, when I went through in the 1970s and probably today, when you study the First Amendment, you probably hear about the age-old case of the fella that got up in a movie theater and yelled, fire. I think we've all heard about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't do that. I mean, obviously, if there's a fire, you can. But mm-hmm. let's just say you want to be a prankster. You think this is funny. You're a teenager right. or whatever, and you think, boy, will this be funny. Or and, if you're a House of Representatives or a congressman, you want to pull the fire alarm to avoid a vote. Well, <laughs> that's something, that something else. Right. But if you yell fire, mm-hmm. people get trampled, people may get injured, people may die in, in, a, in some kind of stampede by yelling that, and, 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 the, and you will be arrested for whatever uh, charges may apply. So there are limitations. If I used to be a criminal defense lawyer, if I go up, to Jake right now with, and, and, uh, I have a knife in hand and I'm three feet away from him. 
and I say, I didn't like what you said on the radio, Jake, and I'm coming at you threatening, but I never do anything. Mm-hmm. That is called an assault. That's a crime. I don't have to touch you for being arrested for assault. All I, all Jake would have to prove with the prosecutor is that I put the fear of a battery. By putting the fear of a battery, fear of being hit, fear of being shot or stabbed or whatever it may be, that would be assault. If it's with a weapon, it's an aggravated assault. So an assault is a crime with no touching. It's a verbal crime. So you can't say you go up to somebody uh, with a gun and say, I'm going to kill you if you go out my wife again or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's an aggravated assault, but you may end up in prison for three years under mandatory minimum in Florida. So mm-hmm. there are criminal statutes against some verbal comments. And then we've all heard of libel and slander. It, the right of speech is not unabridged. Now let's go look at some examples in history because I'm going to dovetail this argument to where I'm going. I'm going somewhere with this that's more modern, but let's start in the 1960s, for instance, when I was a very young child. And what do we have in the 1960s? Well, we have Martin Luther King, Selma, Alabama, with all the peaceful marches, and they were allowed to do that. The you know the civil rights movement got a lot of press and really got rolling and awakened most of America with these marches uh, that I well remember with uh, Martin Luther King and uh, Reverend Ralph Abernathy and so forth, uh, even a young Jesse Jackson. And uh, that was appropriate. It was They were peaceful marches. Now, compare that to maybe, well, let me go on one more historical example before I get to modern times. So in 1973, I was a sophomore in college at Washington University in St. Louis, and my roommate was Jewish, I'm Jewish, and my roommate's dad was actually a rabbi, and they were from Chicago. Well, Chicago had a suburb. It was a predominantly Jewish suburb known as Skokie, Skokie, Illinois. And all of a sudden, little Skokie got the attention of the United States because the KKK wanted to do a march through Skokie. They purposely wanted to have a march through a predominantly Jewish neighborhood for that reason. Of course, the Jewish people were against it. They got lawyers and the county commission and whatever it was, and they they tried to stop it, tried to get an injunction, and the courts ruled correctly. They correctly ruled that the KKK had a right to march peacefully. No matter how despicable you may think of their cause or their stance, whether it's anti-Semitic or anti-racial, it didn't matter They had a right, like anybody else, to peacefully march. And the Jewish elders were smart enough to convince everybody in the small town of Skokie to don't attend. Don't even go there because the KKK wants big crowds. They want people throwing eggs at them. They want people to throw rotten tomatoes at them. Don't appear. And that's exactly what happened. They marched. Nobody appeared. It was a big flop. They never did it again. Uh, but their whole purpose was, you know, to promote 
whatever anti-Semitism and uh, anti-racial ideas. So that was in the 1970s. Now, let's fast forward and let's go back several years ago and go back to George Floyd. Well, we all watched that nine-minute video where the police officer was smiling at the camera, knowing he's being videotaped with his knee on George Floyd's neck as George Floyd slowly expired. Just, I mean, it's just hard to believe that we saw what we saw. And, of course, the uh, officer should have been uh, convicted of murder, which he was. Um, And everybody was in an uproar, as they should be. And blacks especially should be uh, very uh, upset and it would have every reason to peacefully protest. Every reason as they should at the police brutality shown on that video and that is felt to maybe pervade a lot of big cities in America. But what did we see? We saw Portland. We saw uh, police cars burnt and turned upside down. We saw a police station burnt and raided. We saw uh, stores of innocent store owners that had nothing to do with George Floyd, probably Asian grocery store owners that had nothing to do with systemic racism, looted. That was not protest, folks. That Those were criminal actions, arson, theft, where aggravated assault, whatever charge you could think of, that was not a protest. We go to January 6th after presidential, after election with Donald Trump, the people that were gathered outside the Capitol had a right to protest if they wanted to. They felt the election was unfair. That's their opinion. It's a America- <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, I don't have a cough button, but um, anyway, uh, they have a right to protest as they should, and they did, and they can congregate, they can have signs, um, and they could do all that, uh, but more than that took place. So going out on the green, out by the Washington Monument, outside the Senate, are you allowed to protest and hold up signs? Of course you are. It's America. You could do that, whether you're wrong or right, and it doesn't really matter what your opinion is about the election. You're allowed to protest one way or another. But you don't have the right to break down the doors of the Senate and go inside the Senate and criminally trespass and whatever took place, uh, resist arrest and and, and whatever, when you have law enforcement trying to stop you. So uh, those that have been prosecuted probably should have been prosecuted. It was beyond the pale of the First Amendment. It was not protected First Amendment protest. Now, why am I all of a sudden bringing this up at this moment? Because it dovetails not only into the First Amendment, into what I've been talking about the past few weeks, but what are we seeing now? In fact, I was just sitting here. If you were in the studio now, you'll see that Jake has four TVs going, and one of them was just broadcasting about more protests on college campuses. So we're not seeing that because we, we're not on college campuses and most of these are northeastern college campuses, not too many southern 
college campuses, but certainly up in the Northeast, whether it's at Yale or Harvard or Brandeis or wherever it may be, Princeton, we're seeing these protests. And many of the protests, are, you, you could say they're pro-Palestinian, which they're allowed to do. So are they allowed to peacefully protest? Yes. Are they allowed to have banners and slogans that maybe are anti-Semitic? Yes. Are they allowed to have banners? Here we're seeing it on TV right now. We're looking at the protest right now. Mm -hmm. So are we allowed to uh, maybe have banners that are uh, pro-Hamas? Yes. No, so no matter how despicable the message may be, it's a First Amendment right, folks. They don't have a right to promote violence, uh, but they have a right to promote a cause, even if 90% of America uh, disagrees disagrees yeah. with it, right? Uh, exactly. And, and, and I was arguing, I have a, a good dear friend of mine, he's a local Jewish doctor, and we were going back and forth on this. And he was... He says, I can't believe they're allowing this on college campuses. I said, well, the First Amendment should apply everywhere. And I know that Governor DeSantis is now trying to pass laws that say we won't give state funds if if schools allow this or that. That may not face constitutional scrutiny. So I'm Jewish. Do you think I'm in favor of pro-Palestinian banners or or pro-Hamas? In fact, some of these banners say on them, to the river, from the river to the sea, from the river to the sea. A lot of people don't know what that means. That, mm-hmm. In fact, I saw a lady. It was on, I think she was on Fox News, and one of the reporters went up to this lady, and she had the banner, from the river to the sea, and he says, what river are you talking about? She says, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What sea are you talking about? I don't know. Do you know what that slogan even means? It means, well, it means I'm pro-Palestinian. I said, but no, but do you know what that slogan really means? And she finally said, no, I don't. Mm. And I don't know if they told her off the record or not, but what it means, folks, is they don't want just peace or pro-Palestinian this. They want every Jewish person eliminated from Israel. That's what the slogan means. Not one Jewish soul left in Israel. So it's not about uh, freedom. It's not about um, whatever. It's about elimination. It's about either genocide or forcefully removing all the Israelis from the um, and from the Jewish state where they've been for over four thousand years. So uh, again, there's a there's a point to everything, and so our First Amendment does allow certain things to be said and done, um, even if it's misguided. I mean, and if you talk about misguided, I saw a banner online and I'm, I'm make, I'm going to quote this. So it's not my language. I'm quoting a banner folks. And it said queers for Palestine. And all I could do is really laugh because I was thinking, okay, you have the right to do that. There's nothing wrong with that first amendment. You are protected. If you want to go parade around and say, I'm a queer for Palestine, you could do that. Try doing that in the Gaza Strip. Try doing that in Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Syria, Lebanon, and see what happens to you. 
you'll probably be thrown off a building and you're dead, even though you have the sympathy. So it's funny how misguided some of the uh, sympathy is. We've, uh, I was on another radio station and uh, one of the callers did call in and he goes, I can't believe you're promoting Israel. That's a colonizer, just like what happened in America. I go, dude, where did you study history? Because what happened in America was colonization. I mean, we had the indigenous Indians. We know after Christopher Columbus and all the explorers came over and we came over, yeah, we stole land, took land, and and whatever happened to the Indians, it's not a very good uh, part of our history like slavery. So we have a great country, but I can't say it was all, you know, just like uh, Snow White and the, and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, it, it, there's an ugly part of our past that we should all know about. Uh, but if we want to be, you can't factually compare that to Israel, where Israel, Jews have been there since the existence for over 4,000 years, King David, Jesus Christ was Jewish, born in Bethlehem, Israel. If you look at the state of Israel now, Bethlehem is Israel. That's where he was born, and he was Jewish. Uh, the son of Joseph, come on. So it just, you know, uh, it, it just it befuddles me. That, and, and they talk about the colonization uh when these are, Jews have been indigenous to that area, have they been the only people in that area? No. There's been all sorts of Bedouins there, uh, uh, Muslims eventually. The term Palestine wasn't even invented. It was invented by the Romans when they took over the, the Israeli empire. And that's what they named uh, the nomadic uh, Arabic people at that time. They call them Palestinians. So, yes, uh, there was displacement in 1948 uh, with the formation of Israel after the Holocaust. Um, And Israel, if you look at a map, makes up 0.04% of the whole Middle East. So that's 99.6 is Muslim Arabic uh, ruled. So all this is, it, it just gets me. But again, if people's ideas are misplaced, if students who have, I think, been brainwashed, who don't know their facts, do they still, if, they have been, if they've if they been brainwashed and don't know the facts, can they protest? The answer is yes. Of course they can. Just like the KKK. If the KKK is an out-and-out racist, an out-and-out semi, just like we had in uh, West Virginia not many years ago, they had that right. Because you can't dovetail the... First Amendment to fit your needs or your cause. We either have the First Amendment or we don't. And I don't believe in throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So even if we don't like the message, if it's a despicable message, they have a right to do it. They have a right to do it as long as they don't infringe on any Laws. So, so there are some messages out there uh, that would be. I mean, if if they had something, because even from the river to sea, at least it's it's not transparent. There's actually people that don't even know what that means. But what if they say kill all the Jews? Then I think you've crossed the line. I think you've actually crossed the line on the First Amendment because that's advocating 
a crime. Uh, so I, I think there, there's limitations on everything. But but we had it down here where we had it in Pensacola. It's calmed down. It's been real quiet now. But I remember in the you know late '80s, early '90s, with all the abortion protests, we had uh, you know because we, we did have uh, several abortion clinics, and these the anti-abortion people would come out right off the premises with their signs, and and they tried to intimidate people. Were they allowed to lawfully do that? I think they were. Uh, I, I, I kind of frown upon that. They're trying to, you know, uh, impose their will on others. But if they're not trespassing, if they're not touching anybody, if they're not advocating a crime, if they're not blocking traffic, if they're not committing some civil or criminal offense, then they have a right to gather. They have a right to protest. So if the Palestinians, they've done it here. In Pensacola, there have been pro-Palestinian protests. They've been small, small in numbers, mm-hmm. but they've been here in Pensacola. They haven't gotten a lot of press, uh, but they've been here. They have that right. They have the right to do it at UWF. They absolutely have the right to do so, even if I feel they're misguided in their beliefs. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not the judge, and, and we shouldn't all be the judge. So even if it's a small minority of students doing this, but they have no right. Uh, there was a campus up in uh, northern, somewhere up in the north, where the Jewish students had to actually hide in the library. And at one point, the librarian said, you need to go in the attic to be safe. And it reminded me kind of Anne Frank, you know, go in the attic to be safe and hide. That That's beyond the pale. Where, where if safety becomes an issue, then law enforcement should step in and do something about it. But if uh, peaceful marching, just like uh, we had with uh, Martin Luther King, that should be allowed. Looks like we're growing very quickly at a time. Uh, This is Terrence Gross. I am a personal injury lawyer, but I certainly have opinions about many things. If you wish to call me at the office, 850-434-3333, or visit me on the web at grossandschuster.com. This has been the Pensacola Expert Panel right here on 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thank you for joining us today. We will be back tomorrow with more Pensacola Expert Panel starting at 9 a.m. Thank you very much. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Gulf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.